hello (laughs) i hope you have had a wonderful day or are having a wonderful day evening night or whatever time you're listening to this podcast come on in make yourself comfortable and let's talk about biases and what i have learned about biases thus far Okay, this (laughs) was supposed to be, this whole entire segment was supposed to be in the last podcast. But if you have listened to the last podcast talking about intersectionality and social identities and how we hold privileges within them, you would know that that topic took me about 50 more minutes to get through it. So I was like, dang, we did not have enough time to get through all the topics that I wanted to get through today. But that's okay, because this is something that I'm learning. I keep trying to put too many topics in one podcast, and I know myself, so I know that I'm going to feel the need to elaborate and flesh, fully flesh out every single thing, and I'm rambling like I'm doing now. And that's going to take up so much time that I'm not going to be able to get to all three of those topics. And the thing of it is that, All three of those topics may be related, but they can stand alone. So they should be their own episode just to be conscious of other people's times. So that's what we're doing today. We're adding on to the last podcast that we were talking about, about my experience at this diversity training that I went to and all of the different thoughts and ideas and everything that I began to think about or that were, you know, brought to my attention as I was in this homo sedise kijan udi diversity training. So today we're going to be talking about bias and something that I realized about bias, right? I've been learning about bias for years now. The first time that I really was introduced to bias was like 12th grade year. Obviously there's like, you know, the general, you know, idea of bias but when I was really introduced to bias from a psychological perspective in that instance was freshman year when I was not freshman but 12th grade year senior year when I was taking AP psychology it was one of my favorite como se dice Kijano D sections I think along with social psychology learning about social psychology was my fave because I really enjoyed understanding how we interact with each other and what drives our interactions between each other like what's going on in there what's that best believe i was telling everybody that they were social loafing and <laughs> as soon as i learned that term, i was throwing around like it was hot cakes i was like not you social loafing not me social loafing like i really thought that i was doing something with that available availability heuristic here and there but anyways that's besides the point we were talking about bias That's the first time that I learned about bias. And then the topic kind of resurfaced maybe like a couple of months ago when I was watching, I think it's called cinema therapy or therapy cinema, something like that, where two guys, one is a marriage and family therapist and one is like a cinema buff. They watch movies and the therapist, he gives like insight, psychotherapy insight to the movie and he brought up so many great points about implicit bias. And the movie that he was talking about was that movie called, what's the movie with the fox? What's this called? Like something tropia, something tropia, like animatopia something topia utopia maybe it was that you know that little kid that little kids movie with the fox and the bunny that was the cop and all that kind of stuff and so that's when I was really introduced to this idea of implicit bias where the bunny cop in the movie 
she saw a fox and if you know like the stigma that goes along with foxes in real life it's like this idea that they're sneaky they're sly they're manipulative they're always up to no good that's the idea that society has placed on fox right and does that mean that every single fox is like that maybe not because we have to leave room for individuality I know that we're talking about animals, but still, like, there's always going to be exceptions. But as a society, once we give something a label, that's the blanket statement, and that's what it's going to be, and that's just what it is, and that's how you're probably going to be perceived, right? Depending on what, what label and stigma you get. I'm not even going to go into that because I'm trying to stay on point. So the bunny cop is very aware of these stigmas, stereotypes, and labels that society and perspectives that society has on the fox. So she sees the fox go into the coffee shop or whatever shop, a diner, whatever it is. And she immediately thinks this fox is up to no good. I got to be on the task to make sure that everything goes well so that he doesn't try to do some funny business. That right there was an implicit bias to have a set belief about someone. And then I don't know if this is necessarily attached to it maybe it's separate but to have a set belief and then act on it to have a set belief and then have that dictate your actions towards someone dictate the way that you behave around them that's an implicit bias and it happens so naturally because she's been conditioned all her life if she hear foxes are this foxes are that foxes are this foxes are that what you gonna think that that's gonna be she gonna think that foxes is is this and that right? Those are implicit biases. And we're going to talk about that today from all fronts, right? Because I'm trying to challenge myself to not only see things from my point of view as being a Kamari, that's just one, that's already individual differentiation, but then two, Kamari, who is also black, who is also African-American, who is also Haitian, who is also a young woman, who is also Christian. I'm trying to make sure that I am also seen from other people's perspectives. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But that right there with the little bunny cop did was an implicit bias to automatically assume the worst of the fox because of the stigmas that were placed and again she really was not thinking about it because listen this lady really thought that like she was doing good in society she's like of course I would never I would never be profile a fox I would never do that she thinks that she's a good citizen of society and she's just trying to do society a good by making sure that everything is in place she is not thinking about how her environment has dictated and influenced that thought process that she has she is not thinking about the implicit bias of her immediately having this thought about it about the fox and the fox didn't even do anything yet he just walking into the thing i don't remember exactly but i believe that the fox was just walking in he probably was moving a little funny but that don't mean that he was automatically about to do something shady but that's immediately what she thought it took no thought process it was automatic that's also what implicit means like In psychology, we talk about processing as far as learning. There's implicit and explicit processing. Implicit means it happens automatically. So once you learn something, right, and you learn it enough and you do it enough, certain things become implicit where you don't have to effortfully think about it, right? So brushing your teeth, washing your face, driving, skating, riding a bike, swimming, all of those things become implicit processes at certain points where your brain doesn't even have to think a second thing 
anything about it. Whereas if you're learning something new, if you're being exposed to something new, if you are being, you know, in the in the view of something new, your brain is going to be thinking, oh, I have to do this and I have to turn my finger this way and I have to remember to balance myself and I have to remember to pick up, you know, those are things. But because she has been so trained and conditioned, it really did alter the way that she behaves around others. So let's bring it out of Utopia, Poptopia, whatever the movie is. You know what the fox and the bunny and the rabbits and the, the animals and the Utopia, whatever, whatever, right? Let's bring it to reality. Let's talk about biases. Why am I having this conversation today? I went to a diversity training. Where we were talking about um, social identities, how to respect, such and such, this and that, and a third. And the question was proposed, have you ever held a bias against someone? And immediately, I was like, Miss Buddy Bop. I was like, Miss Buddy Cop. I was like, no, I've never, like, in my head, when I was thinking, I was like, no, like, I've never really done that. Like, I kind of just like, you know just like altered a little bit the way that I probably like act towards someone but I would never let anybody know that oh I thought something negative of them or if I did this or I wouldn't let anybody know because I'm thinking about it in the sense of when I hear holding a bias against someone what is my brain thinking about automatically I'm thinking about overt whatever it is whether you're being overtly racist overtly prejudiced overtly disrespectful overtly whatever it may be xenophobic homophobic overtly whatever it is where it just feels like this is loud hate that's what I think about when I think about somebody holding a bias against someone saying a racial slur or at someone a microaggression profiling them saying hey this that and a third like it's overt that's what I'm thinking about and I bet that's what Miss Buddy Cop was thinking about when she was thinking about how oh I would never profile a, a fox because I'm I, I love foxes like we can but then the second that a fox do something and move a little bit quickly she's like oh my gosh the, the fox about to do something crazy you know that's an implicit bias there right so that's exactly what I was thinking like crazy me being a human being you would think that I wouldn't think that way but no I do because we're all humans and we all be thinking that way I literally was in my head when they asked that question have you ever hold a bias against someone I was like no I would never do anything overtly disrespectful or offensive to someone that's what holding bias is right and the more that they began to talk about it, the more that I was like, oh, I have been holding biases against individuals. And I do it all the time. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to expose myself today on so many levels. We're going to expose myself. So let me tell you how I came to realize how biases don't have to be overt, whatever, X, Y, Z. Okay. I was listening to the different examples that somebody had where one person was like, when I hold a bias because when I'm by myself at night being a black man, I tend to not wear this certain thing. I tend to not put my hands in a certain way. I tend to not do this because I'm automatically assuming that somebody may think of me as a certain way and I don't want to give them a, a chance to think any other way. I don't want, want to let no accidents happen. I'm going to get to a point about validity but let me just get through these examples. Another person was like, I hold a bias against older white men. 
where she was like she literally fears that most older white men are probably going to sexually assault her and so every time she's around them she's on guard holding a bias against them dictating the way that she behaves or acts towards them or around them because of her bias right or somebody was like she just has a bias against men in general so when she's in the dorms and she's walking she immediately goes to the right side of the hallway because she knows that she got a sucker white punch so she can easily get that hook in right if she needs to that's a vice now what i want to say about oh and another one no that's it what i want to say about biases right is that some are valid right because of climate it can be valid but it's not necessarily fair to hold that across the board especially when it, it can affect like there's a difference between being cautious and on guard with with solely believing that this is how every single person is that is from this select group from this select walk of life whatever so ever you know what i mean and i think that it can be so hard with this especially if you have had direct relations or interactions with a certain group that has done something to you to bring harm to you or you have seen people from a certain group that have done harm to people who look like you it can be so easy to always be on guard when you are around this person because it's like if this person did it to them then what makes you think that they wouldn't do it to me? But that's the key word, this person. That's just one person of the group. It's not every person of that group. And that's something that we all have to work towards breaking ourselves away. And I know that it's difficult because as humans, we want to protect ourselves. And at a certain degree, it's a defense mechanism sometimes, right? When I think about people who hold implicit biases, sometimes it's a defense mechanism based off of what they've seen to make them feel like they are in danger to whatever degree. And it's a fear that's kicking in. Sometimes the fear is valid and sometimes it's absolutely invalid. And that's where it causes a lot of hurt and pain and disruption because it was not warranted. And that's why... I wouldn't say that we should just be free for all, but we have to be open-minded and we cannot make blanket statements about people from whatever group. Because also, like I said before, I got off topic. It was this person that may have did that. This person may have did that, but not everybody of their group may will do that. So let's get into it, y'all. So let's talk about my implicit biases. When I was hearing that, I was like, whoa. None of these people really said anything to the other person, right? From all the examples that I gave you, the man who says that he alters the way, the way that he acts or the way that he dress around people, not really towards, but also towards. But again, that wasn't an overt thing where he's letting somebody know, hey, I think you're probably going to accuse me of something. I think you're going to profile me or I think you may think that I'm dangerous. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to wear my hoodie right now. He didn't tell nobody that that wasn't overt. That was covert. Okay. The other example, the, the girl that said that she was scared of older men, you know, sexually assaulting her. I'm pretty sure she's not going around saying, hey, male, I think that you're going to probably sexually assault me. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change my behavior and I'm probably going to insult you right now to let you know that I think that you're going to do this. No, that's not overt. 
Same thing with the girl that moves to the right side of the hallway when somebody, you know, when a male is walking or whatever, she got to be on defense. She's not saying, hey, listen, I think that you're going to come for me or I'm pretty sure that she's not going out, like cussing them out before anything happens. She's just on guard, just altering the way that she behaves. So holding a bias doesn't have to be something that is overtly said or done to a person to make them aware that you are doing this. It can simply just be you altering your behavior or the way that you act, which is behavior, either towards that person or around that person. And it can be overt or covert. And this is where I was realizing that, oh, I still am holding bias, even if it's covert. So let's say, for instance, a lot of places that I hold bias is anytime I see a back the cops flag or you know the black american flag with the blue line anytime i see a all lives matter flag anytime i see a confederate flag anytime i see a trump flag what do you think i'm thinking in my head what do you think i'm thinking in my mind when i'm saying that i'm like these people are probably racist or they're just probably not really down with the with the skin color they're not here for it they're probably gonna call me a racial slur at any second they're probably gonna say take us back to the older days when we was letting them pick cotton and when we were segregated that's what i'm thinking when i'm seeing those flags right that's what i'm thinking when i'm seeing those flags. that's what i'm thinking that's honestly and truthfully i hate to say this and i hope i don't sound ridiculous that's what i'm thinking or say for instance anytime i see someone who is like like deep southern and caucasian it's like those two combinations somebody that like from the south from the south or just is country and caucasian country and caucasian country and caucasian where you <laughs> you are holding a, a, a flag but you don't even have to be holding a flag because let me tell you a, a specific experience so i was watching this tv show wife swap and it was this man he goes by the name skull head or headstone one of the names immediately i'm like hmm i'm building a case against him of how i'm holding my bias against him i hear skull head or headstone whatever his name was and i'm like okay and then he's a traditional guy very very traditional he believes that women should stay in the kitchen women should be in a woman's place they should never speak out of turn they better be cooking his meal when he get home he's the king of the house you're the queen but you're also the servant at the same time he calls his girlfriend a bee because they're a part of a biker game and so whoever rides in the back is called you know the bee rider i think is what it's called and so all of these things he ride bikes you know, he a part of a biker game, wearing leather, very, very, very traditional mindset, all of those things. I'm immediately thinking this guy is sexist. Not only is he misogynistic, but he is also, I'm going to go out, a land, on a, out on a limb and say, I think he's probably racist. I think, I think so. Or probably prejudiced. Probably one of those two less tolerant of other people. That's what I'm thinking when I see this man. But then the wife swap. So the one, the lady that's going to take his wife's spot for a week. She is a black woman. She is an entrepreneur. She's basically like, you know, head honcho in her household. So it's a different dynamic where her, where her husband does the cooking and the clinging and the caring for the kids while she is mainly working. So it's a different in gender roles, right? And she's coming in. Obviously, I know 
know that this is a fabrication, like this is literally production, taking two people from two different lifestyles and dynamics and bringing them in. I knew that this was fabricating drama, but I still had this bias already set against him. And I'm like, this is about to go down. Then Stonehead or Headstone, I forgot his name. He was so open Right. He was hard headed in the beginning, but he wasn't that hard headed when she was like, hey, we're going to eat vegetables because he never ate vegetables a day in his life. He's a steak and potatoes, man. According to him, she said, we're going to eat vegetables and you're going to be cooking and we're going to help you in the kitchen. And he, at first it was like, no, nah, I don't kind of want to do that. But and she was vegan, too. And he was like, no, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But when she made the vegan meal, he ate the vegan meal. He was open to eating the vegan meal. He loved it. She's a fitness instructor, so she dances. She taught him how to twerk. And he went out there and he danced. She took him or he took her to the bar. That's where I was. This happened before all of those instances that I just shared with you. He took her to the bar. I was so scared for her life because all I saw was a whole bunch of bikers in leather coats and they seem like they from like the south and all I'm thinking in my head from what I have been conditioned to think is these people about to say something nasty to this black woman that's coming in there and I'm scared for her little did you know everybody welcomed her nice with open arms you know what I mean and so that was a prime example of how I held a bias against someone I don't know stonehead skullhead but so he didn't know that I held that bias against him. But little did you know, I I made up in my mind, I said, hmm, right? And even people like him in general, in real life that I come into contact with, if I kind of think that, mm, no, I'm probably not going to interact with you. I'm probably not going to be close to you. I'm probably not going to go over there because I'm like, I'm not going to put my life at risk. You know what I mean? But that's not fair to the fullest extent. Like, yes, we have to be... um cautious to a certain degree like don't put yourselves in harm's way but if it happens where it was this situation where she had to interact with someone you know what I mean I have to be able to push past that fear because that's what it is a fear of being in danger or being called a racial slur or you wanting to lynch me that's some people but not all people from the south from the deep south that are country and caucasian that's just some people not all of them and i have to be open to that and so that was the prime example seeing skullhead stonehead stone you know death stone you know what his name is and when I saw him doing that, I was like, whoa, I was pleasantly surprised. So that's just an instance of how a black person could hold bias against someone who is white. You know what I mean? Like that just happens. It happens across the board within every single situation. Asian people can hold a bias against a black person. A Latino can hold a bias against an Asian person. A white person can hold a bias against another white person. It literally can happen in either ways. You know what I mean? And I have to open up my mind to that as well. Um... So let's talk about that for just one second because I had like a thought process about that. So those are places where I hold biases. They're no longer, well, can they be implicit? I think that because the fact that I'm aware of it is no longer implicit. You know what I mean? Because I'm aware and I'm working through it. But that was something that automatically happened that I have to challenge myself to move out of and away from. This is what I wanted to say. And so why do we have um, biases? A lot of the times it's literally because of environment and also because of 
like conditioning and what we are exposed to. You know what I mean? What we're exposed to, what we are constantly being fed and conditioned, it can easily swip a, flip a story, you know, kind of manipulate a story to be what it is. It can easily make it seem like all people that are this are like this and all people that are like this are like that. Just like the girl with the fox. It can easily, you can easily see somebody and be like, oh, that's a fox. They're up to no good. You know what I mean? Like I did. Oh, that's the country person who is also Caucasian. He's probably going to be prejudiced. Like I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> like that is a product of conditioning. So this is a point that I wanted to make about the whole flag thing of me holding kind of like a vice instantly. Like when I'm driving and I see Trump on the back of somebody of somebody truck, pickup truck, and it's jacked up. And then I see next to that the Confederate flag and next to that another sticker talking about black and blue. I'm immediately like, oh, you're probably anti-black. But I have to say that could be true. They could be anti-black. They could be. But then they also could not be it's a possibility it's a it's a high it's a possibility that they could not be and so I had to realize that this is a product of conditioning right if I'm thinking about this every time I see their flag imagine what the other person from the other side air quote is thinking about when they see a black lives matter flag when they see a black liberation flag when they see black people you know talking about their instances like if like imagine what the person from the other side is feeling i'm thinking now because i'm challenging myself to think out of the outside of the box if i feel this way about their flags and their parading whether or not it could be true they're probably thinking oh this is a black lives matter flag oh these people probably think that all cops are bad they literally hate every single one of them which could be true because some people who do support black lives matter do believe that is it all people? No, because out of my black mouth, I don't believe that. But some people do. Or if they see the Black Lives Matter flag, they're probably thinking, oh, they literally are only concerned about black individuals and no other individual in this world except for black lives and to hell with white lives. That's probably what they think. They're probably like, they don't care about my life, so why would I care about yours? You know what I mean? Is it right? No. Do Every single person that sees that, that waves a Black Lives Matter flag or supports the movement think that only Black Lives Matter? No, because again, I'm going to speak for myself and I'm just one black person in a sea of black eyed peas. So this is just my opinion. And I'm sure that there are many other people that will share the same like views. And then there's many other black people that will have different views. So what comes out of my mouth isn't the representation of the whole entire black diaspora. I just want to say that. But do I think that? No, I'm just simply trying to highlight an issue where certain people are not being valued in their lives. Because if you valued, you would do a speedy due process of, come on, city, say I forgot the legal jargon of it. But you would be putting these people in jail if you cared. But it took you forever. Okay, and I understand that, you know, maybe the the system goes a little bit slow, but you need to speed it up. Speed it up. Why do they still have their job? They're not doing it the right way. Mistakes happen, but are they happening multiple times? Hmm. And if a mistake happens, 
a mistake did happen. You still have to be held accountable to a certain degree because then it's like you're co-signing this behavior. We don't want that, so we got to do something about it. That's my thought process when I'm thinking about it. But in no way, shape, or form, I'm saying I hate all of y'all. But I had to take myself out of my shoes and be like, hmm, these are creating a divide. It's like a symbol of division sometimes when I see it. It should they go away is a good question that I'm not really ready to tackle right now because it's too too layered for me and it's out of my expertise right but that's something that we could consider but at the same time I feel like there's another consideration of like maybe you know what I mean maybe but this is this is one thing this is one thing this is what I've been challenged myself to do Anytime I see somebody, you know, waving a Trump flag, I am interested to know why. And then I can accurately formulate my opinion and how I will act towards and around that individual. But I need to know why I can't automatically go on defense and default until I know a little bit of why the background. Like why? Is it just because you're conservative and certain beliefs and you feel like you need to follow this route because you think that it's the best route in order to follow your beliefs? Is it because you believe in inferiority? Like, what's going on? Sorry, my friend called. My best friend called. But no, what's going on behind it? I'm trying to challenge myself to not automatically go on a fence to say these people literally hate black people or they literally hate Latinos, or they literally hate Asians, and they're automatically a bigot or automatically unlearned. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that I have to challenge myself. And then on the other hand, because this is not just, you know, um, a black and white thing or a white towards a black person. We have to work on me as a black person. I have to work on making sure that I am not holding these biases and vice versa. And so another thing that I wanted to say about conditioning is that that's what causes it. If all you're watching is media dictating this, that, and a third, is going to shape your ideas and your perspectives about this person. And that's going to dictate the way that you act towards that person. If everybody tells you that, oh, this person is dangerous, this person is, you know, going to be, you know, abrasive towards you, if this person, what are you? think you're gonna believe you're gonna believe what you've been fed you know what I mean that goes for both sides the the media that goes towards black people if you if you're constantly being fed that they're being unruly we're unreasonable ungrateful we're living in a lie what are you gonna think we're living in a lie we're unruly we're ungrateful we're angry or dangerous and then vice versa if all you hear and you're fed that that white people are literally the devil. If you hear that all the time, what are you going to think? Literally, you're going to think that these people are evil. If all you hear is, oh my gosh, they're dangerous, they're going to automatically be racist towards you, automatically be prejudiced, whatever the case may be, that's what you're going to believe. So on and so forth for every single other race and every single other ethnicity, background, subculture, whatever it may be. Whatever you're fed is likely going to be how you're going, it's going to dictate the way that you act. And sometimes this thing can happen unconsciously because we're all products of our environment and 
on one level because again it's a both and situation it's a both and of like it's nature and nurture it's your environment but then it's all it's your personal choice as well so while you may have grown up in an xyz environment that definitely explains why you may turn out the way that you turn out but at a certain point it's gonna be your choice to continue to perpetuate that if that's what you want to do and that goes to my thought process that i had the other day of products of environment and how they give way to people perpetuating that environment and if your environment wasn't necessarily the most respectful or inclusive and tolerant you're probably like like you are susceptible i'm not going to say that it leads to but it's a correlation that is very high that you would adopt those same mannerisms and you would begin to perpetuate that same exact environment and so then going back to that whole fear that fear factor of biases right we're fearful and that's what causes us to cling to what we've been fed but what happens if what you've been fed is only one half of the truth you know what i mean what happens if what you've been fed is like yeah partially this is true partially there are some cops that don't do their job well and that are products of their environment and then they begin to perpetuate it by infiltrating the law enforcement system and beginning to take their ways their biases their preconceived notions of other people and start profiling and then insurrecting all all kinds of danger towards me yeah that's one part but then there's other people who genuinely want to serve their community We can argue about the origins of it because that's also a valid argument. The origins of how law enforcement came to be. We have to also acknowledge that and kind of work towards a a compromise for that so that people can feel safe. But it needs to be a both and. It needs to be that some black people make bad choices people in general make bad choices because we're individuals and we make bad choices like you could be a bad person but that doesn't mean that all black people are bad people all black people are dangerous people there's some there's some white people there's some latinos there's some asians not all one person did this to you not all of them a couple of cops did that to you not all of them but this is the thing is that this is why this is so challenging and i think that this is why people is the way that it is because it is hard you know what i mean but it doesn't make it impossible we have to work at kind of just de-arming these kind of preconceived notions it can be super hard when you grew up like say for instance i know for black people I think that there's a lot of black people or some black people, I can't say a lot because I don't want to generalize, but I have heard of stories of black people who genuinely have hate in their heart for white people and it's because the the people that taught them this are people that in, that first-hand experience, primary source experienced white people who genuinely had hate for black people, who literally would go and riot towns just because you're black and you're prospering, would literally go and hang and lynch for fun. Like, this is just what we do on the weekends, okay? Like, we'll literally go and set somebody on fire, we'll skin you alive just because they could, just because they believed by a construct that they were superior and that's what they were able to do. And so, if you were exposed to that, 
It is valid how traumatized you would be. Your fear is valid. The way that you are on guard is valid. But then there's the other edge of like, it's difficult. But we have to acknowledge that not everyone is like that. And then there's this other layer of like, and I want to think about this more because I really don't haven't fully understood it yet. But I think there's like two, there's multiple levels. But to generalize, there's two levels. There's like people who are genuinely just like products of environment. And because they're not exposed to certain things, because they've been told certain things, because that's what they're what they're supposed to and it's nothing else they began to take on these one-way notions but then I think that sometimes within that group learning is able to be able to be had like you're able to kind of grow from that and sometimes people are very unlearned like I know it comes from all sides like even within black communities it could be super unlearned where you would hear colorist statements or you would hear like just kind of like rude statements against another black nation. Like you would hear black Americans cracking jokes at an African or cracking jokes at somebody that's Haitian. Or you would hear Haitians and Africans and Jamaicans, whatever it may be, from other black cultures cracking jokes or African Americans. And it's like, it's a level of that lack of exposure that causes this to happen which that's a whole nother topic that I want to talk about but I think that there's hope is basically what I'm trying to get at and maybe that's just me being kubaya optimistic this is also I want to preface this by saying is that I also haven't directly been in contact with these traumatizing experience that other people have been in contact with. So I don't share the same PTSD as other people do that would make it harder to disarm these defense mechanisms that express itself as in a bias. I can say that right now. I still am a product of my environment because of what I I consume. It can easily shape my way. But then I had to become aware of that and be like, no, that's not necessarily true. No, there's people that literally I frequent in the same church space with. And they just have different political beliefs than me. And it's the non-essential so I have to have, I forgot what the, the quote was that Hannah was, that she shared, that Ruzan shared, that he shared for someone else. But I was like, I think it was like, it's like in the essentials, we have unity or something like that. In the essentials, where's the quote? Okay. So in the essentials, we have unity. In the non-essentials, we have liberty. And in all things, we have charity. So yeah, somebody's going to have a different political belief as me. As long as that's not going to directly impact me and you're not going to disrespect me or other people, you know what I mean? Or have that be in a way to oppress or disarm someone and to cause harm to someone, so be it. So be it. Because that's a non-essential. You have the liberty to do that. And the essentials, what we have to come together is I have to tell myself, are they, are they following Christ? Are they following the principles that God told us to? Okay, we have unity there. 
And then in all things, we have charity and all things. I have to look at it from how can I understand them? Sometimes things cannot be understood, but then sometimes it can. And that's what I really usually focus on is like the people who are not lost causes. I understand that there are people out there who just are really set in their ways and they truly wholeheartedly believe with their heart whatever they believe and it may not be the truth it may not be the most inclusive it may not be the most you know loving and respectful I don't know what we gonna do with them somebody else on the on the task on the front they gonna have to get on that front and deal with that because I don't know how we gonna do it but for people on a general level I want to be able to give individuals the chance To kind of like prove their character and then from there I can act accordingly. Because that's what I expect. For me, when I walk into a room, I don't want you to have an implicit bias towards me and you not give me the opportunity that I'm qualified for. For you to not treat me with the respect that I deserve. Like I wouldn't want that to happen to me so I have to grant that to everybody else. That's what I fight for every day. That's why I say I support Black Lives Matter. That's why I say I support Stop Asian Asian Hate. That's why I say all of these different whatevers and however social movements that talk about respecting other people. I want I want that. I want that. And so that's why when I see certain things, when I see a country Caucasian, I'm working on disarming that defense mechanism. You're not automatically racist. You're probably just a country boy in a country world. And if you respect me, I'm going to respect you. And then the, Jesus, <laughs> this is the thing. Jesus called me to respect you anyways. And I'm going to have to work on that because I'm human. And I don't know how I really respect you if you had to, you know, come out me sideways. I, I would have to work on that. But, but, but we can find some instances. So giving people chances. Like, there's been so many people that have proved me wrong. And I've just loved that they proved me wrong. They probably still are unlearned. You know what I mean? To a certain degree. That's what I kind of wanted to say. Is that sometimes people are not necessarily racist. It's just that their environments, them being a product of their environment, kind of just breeds. Breeds. Breeds lack of exposure which means lack of understanding which means lack of empathy you know what I mean if you don't really know you don't know how to like really support someone or how to respect them in a way so it it can come off as like yeah like we need to work on this but I think that that can be dealt with I don't I know I'm running in circles so I'm gonna be done so I hope that you guys enjoyed this I hope that you guys learned something from this biases don't have to be something that's overt I, we all have bias we all have to work through these biases I am in the process of recognizing where I hold bias and then I'm accurately and effortfully forcing myself to not hold those against someone because I would never want to be someone who would do that to me like that's not what I want so I don't want to be that for for anybody else you know what I mean making sure that I'm open-minded that I'm open to learning that I'm giving people a chance to prove themselves and then once they show me who they really are then I'll believe it like Maya Angelou said once somebody show you who they is you better believe it and I'm gonna believe it
100%. But I have to give them a chance to show me who they are. Now, what I will not say is don't give nobody no chance to kill you. That's all I'm going to say right now. Follow your instincts, but at the same time, like, be open-minded. But at the same time, be guarded. But at the same time, be open-minded. But at the same time, like, be open to different perspectives. But at the same time, don't be a fool. Use discernment is all I can say. That's all I can say. You better get the wisdom of the Lord. Because it'll help you a lot. And I'm trying to channel that because that'll help me to know which which battle to tap into and which battle to stay away from. Because sometimes, because that's what I want to say. I don't want to say that, oh, don't hold bias and just go on head into a Como Sadise Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan, you know, rally and expect to get something different. Don't do that. I wouldn't recommend it. But if you just see a regular old country Joe on the side of the street, just because he's white doesn't mean that he happens to be a Ku Klux Klan member. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Or whatever from the opposite side of wherever your social identity stands, like whatever you may be thinking of. That's just my opposite perspective. Like this is the way that I think about it. Because I'm black, when I'm making references, I'm usually not like thinking of where I'm at because my view is looking at something opposite of me. So something opposite me of me is someone who is white or someone who is like of a different background, a different walk of life, a different, like that's the, the example that I'm using as a reference to kind of make these connections. But at the same time, I also have to tell myself to focus on my perspective too so that I can make sure that I'm holding myself accountable as well as the people that are in my community in my range right I gotta hold them accountable too because that's something else that I have a hard time doing I feel like in order to be loyal I have to be die hard and that causes me to not hold people accountable and I have to you're black but if whatever you did was wrong then I don't I can't be with you I can't ride it out no and I have to work on that because sometimes it's so hard because I just want to vouch for everybody and I'm like but he didn't like he didn't need it that way because like no sometimes like that wasn't great on them and I have to hold them accountable as a member of being black um and hold myself accountable. That's why I'm being open with my biases. Anyways, that's all I wanted to say today. I hope you guys um, have learned something from this. I hope that you can learn something from this in the words of Tyra Banks. And that you can grow. And I'm challenging you to be aware. Start to be aware of where you're holding bias at. And who you're holding it against. And then challenge yourself to make sure that you can disarm that. So that you're not missing an opportunity to be in community. Or just be in coexistence with someone who wasn't even really checking for you. Like they were not targeting you you know what I mean maybe they were and that's a possibility but then there's also a possibility that they weren't and so yeah I'm not gonna say nothing else again just get just discernment that's what you need as always my friends peace positivity productivity prosperity and a gossip perspective to you and everyone you know and until next time bye